It's all about you. It's all about you, baby. So thrilled to be able to kick this podcast off with a chat with the fantastic Sarah Winkless, MBE. She is a British Olympic rower, won a bronze medal in double skulls and was twice world champion. And as we're about to find out, she's a great ambassador for many other areas in life too. Over to Sarah. And so, welcome Sarah Winkless. Thank you very much for having me. So it's great to have Sarah here. Um, we can always chat about everything and really take the world on and we're never frightened of um, any kind of topic. Uh, but Sarah, I'm really quite keen to get stuck straight in and find out. Um, this podcast is enabling people to go from great to greater and often through a traumatic experience. And I just wondered what your Olympic training has given you to tackle things like that. Oh, Deborah, I think you ask a great question. I think it started before my Olympic training, actually. I think it started at school and with sport. And the great thing about the sports field is when it goes well, you feel a million foot tall. I'm already six foot, but <laughs> I felt a million foot yeah. tall. You're amongst your friends. They're supporting you. And when it goes wrong, you can often isolate yourself and blame yourself and relive that moment time and time again. And that can be massively useful to mm -hmm. help you get better. But also it can be massively draining because you're not um, being nice to yourself. You're not allowing yourself to recover. So those two sides of the coin were really interesting with me. I was brilliant at that. I let myself down. I've let my team down. I'm going to go and work harder. I'm going to be stronger and fitter and faster. I wasn't yet good enough, um, good at being nice to myself with it and realising this was a strength. And my Olympic training, and particularly working with Britt Tajik Foxhall, who was my sports psychologist over 10 years, um, who actually worked for the Royal Ballet, I know oh, you yeah. absolutely yeah. love that um, <laughs> institution. She was able to help me see both sides of the coin and do the dance between the two. Yeah. So be nice to myself and allow myself to be gentle with myself. Um, but also to be hard on myself to, to gain performance. And that dance for me was a real learning. Uh, I, I just love this topic of conversation because, um, you know, when you're going through a tough time, oh, it's so easy to beat yourself up and it's the last thing you need. Um, and lots of people used to say to me, are you you're going to fight this cancer? Aren't you going to fight this cancer? No, I wasn't going to fight the cancer. My body was going to do that and I was going to work with it. But what I was going to do is fight for my mental space and actually... That's exactly what you're talking about. And you wouldn't speak to your best friend the way you speak to yourself, would you? Oh, such a brilliant spot and that mental space. And if you think of us on an oak tree and that, that's when we're trying to be really tough on ourselves, when the wind blows, unfortunately, as we know, the oak tree falls over. What is it like to move and bend with um, your mentality, the, the thoughts you have, choosing whether to engage with them because they're helping and optimising your performance or choosing just to let them go at yeah. this point. Cause you don't not. have to own them, do you? And they don't have to own, own you. Own you, more to the point, mm. yeah. So um, I, I've always said this podcast isn't about me or about cancer, but um, time and time again, these lessons keep coming up and I'm taken back to when I was on round two lying in bed. On, I, I didn't have any friends around me because I chose to go on my own. Mm -hmm. I, I think I was going a little bit insane um, because you've got to keep that mental space going in the right direction um, and you have to fight for that sometimes. 
And I think there's something I say quite often, the thoughts give the playlist to your days. Nice, yeah. And that playlist is, you know, what playlist do you want to pick? Yeah, and what, do you, what do you need that day? Yeah. And so therefore, what, which, which songs of your thoughts do you want to engage with? Yeah. Um, for me, I was always a very uh, nervous athlete. I like to get, um, I like to get nervous, nervous if I'm honest. Nervous, if I'm honest, that kind of made me feel like I was ready for a performance, and I'd almost get nervous about not being nervous oh, okay. if I didn't feel the butterflies. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, I think I play games with myself to sort of make the performance really scary. So I got the sort of out put beforehand of, of adrenalines and cortisol I, I learned yeah. to love that feeling however if it became too much um, I couldn't perform so okay. I had to manage that dance yeah. again it's, and it's a learning process about yourself all the time isn't it certainly it is I kind of feel also um, I kind of realise that you don't learn as much you know I recently collected a lovely award but and you've collected medals in the past but you're not really learning while you're on that podium. It's it's the failures that you learn from the most, yeah. and the vital to your progress. It is, and you know this is real Carol Dweck stuff, isn't it? Fail first attempt in learning, and I think I was afraid of failure when I first likewise yeah came into this world. I thought it was maybe a, a signal from the outside world that I wasn't good, good enough. enough. Yes, absolutely, yeah. and perhaps yeah. I should stop and change yeah. pathways. Yeah. Since certainly since I've retired from international sports and I've worked into the leadership and coaching, so I failed lots and lots of times, and from those I learned. Yeah, you know when we came second in the world championships rather than winning the gold medal, we debriefed that race brilliantly. We spent time in every level of the system, the four athletes in the boat, our coaches, our support staff. How could each one of us do better? When we actually found out we won that race because the boat had beaten us, had cheated, we realised that the boat that cheated gave us one of the biggest gifts because yeah. we actually reviewed a yeah. success yeah. as well as we would have reviewed what we perceived as a failure. Yeah. And we need to sort of treat success and failure in the same branch, I think. Yeah. You know, what did we do to get there? What were the three or four or five things that were good that we want to keep? And then what's one thing that actually we want to be better at? Yeah. That's incredible. And so looking back at your um, career and uh, taking all those lessons that you learnt into what you do now, which is just about loads of stuff, <laughs> uh, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that the rowing side gave you to, to carry forward in your life? Yeah, the, le the things I do now is to help people be themselves with skill, help them to get where they want to get through um, being really clear about what they want to achieve, constant learning and um, and collaboration and I think rowing give you all of those yeah um, you come into sport with a dream uh, and not really an idea of how good you can be certainly I didn't I thought I was a sprint athlete I don't think I okay. could row 2,000 meters um, in anger yeah. I didn't know if I was brave <laughs> enough but I was lucky enough to have a, a door open to me and through the women I was training with I, we started to talk about what we wanted to achieve and what we believed we could achieve. And then you start to get clarity. And then if you're gonna do that, you have to learn. You have to start learning about yourself. You have to learn about what you want to do. So the techniques, the psychology, the nutrition to make your body yeah. your, your weapon of war, if you like, work mm -hmm. as well as possible. 
and then you have to collaborate because even if you're um, a single scholar most of your training is done with other people around you okay. and supporting you so how do you collaborate with your team to make that as good as possible and of course that works brilliantly in business every single time what's what is it why what are you trying to achieve how do you learn about it and what do you need to spend your time learning about it and actually in this day and age who are your creators because podcasts like this for me are a brilliant way of curating all the information that's out there. You can read a, a thousand books or you can listen to some podcasts yeah, yeah. and people who've read Just a thousand some people books. people chit-chatting along <laughs> yeah, and you can pick some real nuggets out, can't you? Yeah, which yeah. propel you on in your quest of whatever you're trying to achieve. Yeah, and then I think the bit, you know, no one does it on their own. So who no, it's do true. you need to collaborate with? Yeah. What are the thing you're holding on to that actually you don't need to be doing? So you can give that to someone else, support it, do it, ditch it, delegate yeah, it, yeah, yeah, or yeah. delay it if yeah, you like. Yeah. So then you can go and do your best work. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. Um, one of the things that I've learned to do this year um, is I thought I had to do everything myself. I think from the age of eight years old, mm. I've been doing everything for myself. Um, I think your brain just like says, okay, yeah, I'll do that, and squeezes you through this little channel. I'll find a route through for you, but you're actually closing everything down that you've got in your head. Uh, whereas I've now taken the stance of keeping the channels open, so to speak, and allowing other people to come in and building a team around you. I've learned that, you know, I've learned that this year with yeah. Gusto. Um, it's a vital thing when mm. we're not able to do everything on our own which is kind of how I've lived quite a lot of my life to be honest yeah and we're pack animals we are designed yeah well look why social media is so um, successful is because we want to be sociable and yeah. reach out and connect with other people it's really really important and it can be such a positive force for good and I think you're right when we're living with a constant to-do list our focus, our brain sort of capacity can become very narrow because yeah, it's the insular, next thing. Yeah. And you know, where do we do our best thinking? Well, it's not when you're sitting in front of your computer asking, answering your emails. No, it's not. It isn't. It's the moment when you're, you're out outside, walking, or yeah. rowing, or rowing, or doing cycling. things you love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in an art gallery, somewhere when you're not actually thinking. Yeah, letting your brain just run, run yeah. for have some space. Really, that's yeah. what we're saying. And I think um, it's all too easy to get caught up in the um, doing of something uh, that just closes everything down. Um, my favourite place to go is the sea. Uh, I just get everything from that. I can sit yeah. and stare at the sea for a good couple of hours. It uh, is. It's a lesson I need to keep learning, and I reflect on this when we, as we speak. Well, we I'm, forget, don't we? Mm. Life comes at you, it powers down on you sometimes, mm. and it's not always easy to remember to take yourself off and mm. let your brain open up a little bit. Um, that sounds like a good idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to the sea. I'm not quite sure where I'm going. Yeah, I can't I'm come off. with. I'll see you later. <laughs> Um, Sarah, I also wanted to touch on um, not only your brilliant Olympic career and the fantastic work you're doing now, but all of those lessons that you learnt, uh, and there have been some tough ones, have carried you forward in a very different area of your life, mm. and I wonder if we could just touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Huntington's is uh, a, another really important strand of my life. As I was growing up, probably when you were eight and starting to do everything yourself, unfortunately, my mum was becoming ill with Huntingdon's. We had no language for it at the time. We didn't know she had a disease. I just knew she had changed. Um, by the end of uh, the next decade, if you like, um, she was pretty unwell. Uh, and we still had no language for it. We still didn't know what it was, but her 
changes of behaviour had been huge. And in that time, it, I, I have a couple of memories, and she sort of interestingly would live a, a what if life in those. There was a real regret to her, and I don't know if she knew she was getting ill and potentially she wasn't supported in all sorts of ways to, to, to understand her thinking that beating up that we um, mm. were talking about earlier and perhaps also you know the disease Huntington's was doing its work because we know it affects mood memory and movement but she would look at a lot of her life and just say what if I'd taken another path what if I'd wow. taken another yeah. path that's hard isn't it and it was really hard and really hard and sad for her and I think the gift she gave me was I'm going to give it a go whatever I choose it might be a terrible yeah. path <laughs> but I'm not not to the point of destruction but I will follow it and find out yeah um, and that was massively liberating yeah of course when I was in my young 20s I discovered that she had Huntington's and with that I discovered I was at risk of the gene and six months later I discovered I, I did have the gene so I like her unless and there is great hope for our community at the moment unless there are ways of slowing down disease at some point we'll we'll start to follow that path of of, of the illness and i think sport helped me incredibly certainly in those first few years there was one guy and i talked to ian dryden about this myself who was one of my coaches and I was on the rowing machine and anyone who's ever done the rowing machine want any excuse you want to stop. Yeah. Anyway, I had a brilliant excuse. I just tested positive for Huntington's. So I started on this ergo and unbeknownst to me, my brain was doing its terrible, terrible work and yeah, finding a, a away, way yeah. out. Yeah. And I stopped and burst into tears. I threw the handle at the ergo and um, I just I can't do this. I've got Huntington's. And Ian looked at me and went, not today you don't oh, get back fabulous. on. <laughs> fabulous. And he was right, and we laugh about it now, yeah. 45 now not I am. Not today you don't. And I was 20, I don't know, two at the time. So 22, 23 years later, thank God I'm, I don't have it today either. And he was right. And yeah. it's amazing, isn't it? But It is amazing. The people you need around you. Yeah. Someone times to give you a cuddle and sometimes to give you a kick. Yeah. And Ian brilliantly gave me a kick that Chose day. Chose the right moment. He really did. And yeah. You know, we're often afraid that the people around us, we have to be always nice to them. But actually, we just need well, to it's be n it's real knew with you. them, I think. He yeah. knew, knew your personality and how yeah. to deal with that. Yeah. I, I kind of look at um, situations like that. You can choose to live in fear, uh, mm. which you were choosing that day, actually, yeah. um, by giving up and feeling a little bit sorry for yourself. Justifiably yeah. so, but um, he was right to get you back on the horse, as it were, or back on the ergo at the time. Um, not you, kind no, but no, right. No. Yeah, right yeah I think he kind of um, gave you the right path for that moment and you can choose to spend your life in fear or you can choose to spend your life in joy and it's a choice yeah um, and I know that you know certainly for you and for myself we could both go through the next few years mm -hmm. fearful um, but actually I choose to spend my joy um, coins if you will and <sighs> and just rein in some real happy positive life enforcing affirming um, a lifestyle and, and make that choice rather than choosing to worry about things because the worrying of stuff just doesn't alter anything you know you can worry that you're going mm. to get anything and then all of a sudden when you get it the worrying that you did prior to it doesn't stand you in any stead whatsoever does it oh you're spot on and actually if you think about the neuroscience and us as animals 
that worry raises our adrenaline, yeah. uh, raises our inflammation. Yeah. It um, means we have more cortisol. Yeah, you're operating on a different level, aren't you? Less able to fight off yes. any illness yeah. and disease. So actually, the, the joy, as you yeah, call yeah. it, opening up your brain is going to work. I think it's on DHEA rather than cortisol. And they call that the vitality hormone. So okay. you'll, you'll take that, won't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a choice to do that. Yeah. And so happiness is a choice. Um, and sometimes you've got to fight for that choice. It's like, it, I've always likened it to flipping a switch. Um, sometimes it's really not easy to do, but you've got to fight. I think I've come to understand if your mind's not in a good space, your body cannot possibly follow. And so you've got to fight for that mental health. Oh, you're spot on. And I think, I mean, I had a, a time shortly after I retired so I wasn't doing as much exercise as usual so my coping strategies of endorphins probably weren't as prevalent I my siblings had all had brilliant news that they didn't have the gene for Huntington's and each one of them I was delighted that mm -hmm. they got that news but then the sort of unhappiness if you like wormed its way into my mind I'm the only one I'm different why me why me mm -hmm. yeah that that 23 year old who was felt sorry for themselves and got off the ergo was suddenly a, a, an adult oh you're 23 isn't yeah. an adult you know on their own cutting themselves off and it was I, I felt really lucky that I'm I believe in the stuff we're talking about I genuinely yeah, believe too, in it yeah. and I was working with Brit she did psychology with me not psychology to me and okay. I understood as much as I could that I had control and choice and I had to find a better way of, of working and thinking about my situation. And I found one. Huntington's is 50-50. So in a family of four, of which I am one, you might get two good news, two bad news. If you're mm -hmm. um, looking at, at the sort the of general stats, population yeah. of stats. And out of three and four, three out of four, we've beaten the odds. And that, for me, was a completely different way of framing the a same game facts. Yeah. It was a game changer, yeah. and it made me feel strong. It makes me feel um, just part of my family in a different way. And I believe that by just repeating to it, finding ways of anchoring those thoughts into my mind, rather than the other one that had wormed its way in. I would be more able to have good days more often, and, yeah. and I find that happens. You know, yet I can it's a, isn't slip it, it's off like the other side. It's a muscle, isn't it? Really, that you have to build. If you don't use it, you lose it. Is the, is the phrase? Yeah. But and that's absolutely right. Um, I recently went on um, a course, and we talked about living above or below the line, and that's resonated strongly with me because it's a decision you can make like that I love it and the Oz principle I've got the book just over there okay yeah and so I feel that um it doesn't matter what comes at you you can choose to take it above the line yeah. or you can let it drag you below the line um and I'm choosing to live my life above the line and be full of vitality and get up and go and let's you know let's have this life let's ring it out yeah I love it and I think they sort of about see you see the problem from the other and then own the problem or the opportunity then solve it find some things that you can do to keep you above the line yeah. and then do it yeah um, and do that action as and well. the doing it bit so the doing it bit is a bit where a lot of people um myself included have fallen down reverting right back to our earlier conversation mm. 
is the understanding you don't have to do it on your own. <laughs> yes. So once you've done all of that you've said and solved it and understood what you've got to do, build people around you yeah. to help you get through to the next stepping stone. What's the team that you need yeah. and want? And it's that's really good. And I, you know, another lesson I need to keep learning because when I go into stress, mm. that I'll do it myself. Yes, it just closes you but down, doesn't it? And also, you know, it can feel productive. I've just got lots to do. I'm in overwhelm. Just start, do something, yeah, yeah. rather than pause. Look at the whole um, task that you're trying to complete. And actually, who's the team you need? Yeah. And so the going at it, like you've just said, and you, you get more insular, you just close yourself down, you're not asking for help, you become more under the line, your world looks blacker. If you don't recognise that pattern and that it's happening to you, um, there, there's a spiral, the, mm. the spiral of doom, I called it. Yeah. And I got on that myself. I had two years of being really low and depressed and I, I didn't recognize it because I recognized for me I did fed up but I didn't do depressed so I kind mm. of tricked myself into thinking I wasn't really low. I'm going back a few years now mm. um, and the recognition of that is colossal yeah. and then you realize again you need a team you need people around you I'm not asking to uh, suck the life out <laughs> of them I'm just saying let's go out for a drink let's meet for a coffee let's do the theater let's do whatever it is yeah. and just involve yourself with people to keep yourself raised up I think that's a really really good spot and I think the other bit I observe that sometimes I've really used the person who's my partner in my life um, to really support me and then I've been fine with everyone else yeah and actually the truth is that's not fair on your partner no you're <laughs> not there for everything are they and you're not open to everyone else who no. can offer you all sorts of brilliant oh my goodness yeah. support wisdom love and actually support in a way you could never have dreamt up yeah. um you know I've met some incredible people this year um mainly because I've learned to open myself up and accept the help and then boy has it flooded in um, and that's been a thing of beauty actually and learning about other people um, so I think the closing down doesn't serve you at all trying to remain open at all times is where the, the juice is um, not living in fear but opening your mind to being happy and joyful and fighting for that mm. um, I love the fighting element as well because there, there is that could be with boxing gloves but it could be with freedom as well yes absolutely mm. um and so many people said to me you're going to fight this you're going to fight this no i'm not going to fight it i don't need it's a dis-ease in my body that needs love and working with and understanding that's how i've treated it mm. um it, it's worked for me touch wood <laughs> um and the fight as i said has been all for my mental strength because i've been down the spiral of doom and i didn't mm. want to go down there again um and that's worth fighting for i think it is so powerful the brain we're going to say first biggest muscle in the body <laughs> and absolutely yeah it's a funny looking thing but it does a lot for you um so yeah i think um all of that sarah there's just so many topics of conversation for the pair of us here um, but it's been a thrill to speak to you today and uh, hopefully you'll come back as a guest at some other point because um, there's so many things we can learn from you. Uh, but I just want to take the time to say I'm thrilled with the news that we have about Huntingdon's and the progress it's making and uh, there's new developments all the time and uh, you, you're a shining beacon for it because of your attitude and how you've gone out and taken, the and taken your life on. Thank you. And, and it's interesting because I think 
the bit I've really learned, I got that news in my young 20s and I have absolutely maybe fought life, lived life to the full, but without real hope, without real hope that the last 20 years of my life wouldn't mirror mums. And amazingly, through the amazing work that the scientists are now doing, there is hope. There's hope for my community for the first um, time. And yeah. that is a powerful oh, emotion is. and that yeah. is liberating. Yeah. So my, I guess, do not, you know, or do not belittle hope, I'm going to say, but find hope. Where is your, the thing that you can have hope and joy over? Because they're so strong. They are. And even if it's just the smallest chink, yeah. take it. Because you can build, a, it's a stepping stone in my view. Mm. Um, only until you've stepped onto that smallest chink of hope can you then view where the next bit is. But if you don't take that step you're removed, removed from the next section mm. of your life. And so it's just taking those little steps all the time. Sometimes they're minuscule, but they all contribute, don't they? Yeah, and I've lived my life without that hope element in four-year cycles. And those four-year cycles have been incredible. But the, f the step I now find myself on is I, I might have to be responsible for the next 15, 20, 30 years yeah. of my life. Yeah, yeah. Which is a, a, a fabulous a, thing. A fabulous thing. It and is. I can set a goal beyond four years. And yeah. for me... Um, you know, it is the most amazing thing to be. Well, and you're such an ambassador, um, Sarah. You are for everything, actually. I mean, even, you know, you I know that you work with the Olympics and you're still heavily involved in that. Mm -hmm. You're an ambassador for that. You're an ambassador for our youngsters coming through, which is terrific. You're an ambassador for hunting. That's what you are, an ambassador. <laughs> we are in the midst of an ambassador. <laughs> oh, thank you very much for having me. And I'll definitely come back again. Thank yeah, you. Thanks so much, Sarah. I'd like to cover three points that Sarah made while we were chatting. The first one, don't beat yourself up. Making mistakes is a normal part of growing and speaking to yourself kindly is so vital to that. Uh, the opposite of that is making yourself feel ashamed and guilty and living below the line. Um, I think there's a full topic to be taken on its own there, uh, but shame is debilitating. Second point, treat success and failure as the same. Um, I've learnt that if you can flip a situation over and look at the underside of it, the opposite sometimes to what you think you should be doing, you can find the nugget and the juice of your life. And that's if you're willing to take the look. Sometimes it, you need to be super brave to be able to do that. And then, of course, take a courage pill to take action on it once you've discovered it. And the third thing was making space for your head in this fast-paced life is a necessary tool to living a creative and healthy and fulfilled life. Um, I'm learning to put my own oxygen mask on first and I think that's best advice for many, many people. And I wanted to finish with the brilliant poem from Rudyard Kipling, which um, you will have certainly heard, but it's worth listening to again. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, 
twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss, if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it and, which is more, you'll be a man, my son. If you like this podcast, like it, comment on it or share it. Thank you. It's all about you. It's all